From the Bob Varley Studio, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for October 1st, 2008. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. Uh, Peter Werner is on a leave of absence to attend to some personal matters, and he'll be back with us in a few weeks. I think he's in Washington helping them plan how to spend $700 billion. <laughs> so to stimulate the economy, he's going to give away podcast cruises. I'm joined this week by pretty much everyone. Um, I don't know if there's anybody even home listening anymore. It's Kevin Close, Corey Martin, Julie Martin, Kathy Whirling's at the big table, and Will Perry. We have Walter Eccles and Teresa Eccles in the peanut gallery today. On this week's show, Kevin Close and myself are going to talk to you about our recent three-night cruise on the Disney Magic and fill you in on what happened and what was rehabbed and what was not. Uh, Some of our team had a chance to partake in the Food and Wine Festival this past week, and they're going to talk to you about that. Um, And we also have a few of our folks went to Halloween Horror Nights. So we're looking for some feedback on how that went and what you can expect if that's something you have on your agenda. All that plus roundtable rapid fire and much, much more. Uh, I have only one piece of housekeeping this week. We just received a really nice box from Jill Fox, who's two foxes on our boards. She had a nice gift for Corey and Julie. And she had some chocolates for the rest of us so that we didn't feel left out. I don't feel left out. (laughs) You don't feel left out? She gave us a PPTP. <laughs> and a Donald Duck T-shirt. Yeah, it it really says cool. "Little Angel" on the front, "Little Devil" on the back. And thank you cute. to Anna for saying that she liked the shirt because we may not have gotten the gift. <laughs> oh yeah, my sister's been running into a lot of dizzers at the Magic Kingdom lately, especially on her tour. It's very cool. Now, how do they know her? Do they know her from her name, or are they just probably so. Um, well, we talk about her on the show. I mean, everyone knows what she does. Um, some people have even told me they want to request her for their tour. I don't know if you can do that or not, though. Now it seems like every time she uh, calls me, she's like, "Oh, I met I met somebody from the Diz Unplugged. They were on my tour. Met That's somebody cool. from the Diz Unplugged. They were yeah, on my tour. Cool. Are they wearing shirts? Are they wearing Diz Unplugged no, shirts? No, no. I don't even think they knew it, it was her until she said she went to LSU and they kind of put one and two together. So, very cool, <laughs> very cool. Anybody else have any housekeeping we want to take I'll care of? Announce the uh, September winner. Dan Pick was our email, you know, random email winner for the month, but I have not received a response from him yet so we'll announce his prize next week okay. at the award shows they let somebody collect his prize do you think I should do that <laughs> on behalf <laughs> yeah but he has to pick his number oh so alright Dan get in touch with us so that we can give you some wonderful fantastic prize and so we're done with housekeeping we're going to move on to news we've got a couple of really quick news stories this week uh, the first one is Tinkerbell is coming to Toontown did there I goes my rapid did fire. I say your rapid fire. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, if I leave anything out, correct me. <laughs> On October 26, Pixie Hollow makes its debut in Toontown in the Magic Kingdom in Orlando. Guests will meet and mingle with Tinkerbell and her friends Rosetta the Garden Fairy, Silvermist the Water Fairy, Iridessa the Light Fairy, and Fawn the Animal Fairy. Pixie Hollow is being described as a magical forest where guests shrink to, to pixie size and characters will speak to visitors. Um, this is also going to be going to coincide with merchandise and other stuff and a DVD movie release. So um, I guess that's good for little girls. What do you think? Yeah. 
Definitely. And some little boys. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, you really don't get a chance to see Tinkerbell, you know, especially up in, up close. It just it's just weird that they're making up fairies now. Iridessa. <laughs> <laughs> the sequin fairy. Exactly. Um, all right. My next news story is the Magical Fireworks Voyage opens to all guests in March of 2009. They still someone else's rapid fire? No. Okay. <laughs> Um, the Magical Fireworks Voyage, which is being offered exclusively to guests traveling as part of a grand ge- traveling as part of a grand gathering group of eight or more, will become available to all guests regardless of party size, starting March first, two thousand nine. When this change goes into effect, the price will increase to fifty three ninety nine per person, ages ten and up, and thirty ninety nine thirty dollars and ninety nine cents for children ages three to nine. Um, this is a very odd thing, I guess the. Grand gatherings weren't working. What do you think, Kathy? I don't know. I don't know that I'd pay $53 to take a cruise, though. That, that's a lot per person. Yeah. When you got to figure you're at least going to have two adults and two kids, and you know you're not going to get the cruise to yourself. Right. You're yeah. going to share it with somebody, and it's, I don't know, that just looks like another attempt to make some money. I think it's the grand gathering thing wasn't working out the way they had hoped, and nobody was taking these, so they're trying to figure out a new way to make some money. We will see how those go. Is this the same as a Wishes cruise? Yeah, but don't they decorate the boat? Yeah, they do something special on that boat. But I've never really heard people come back and rave about their their cruise when they do that one. What do they do? Put twinkly lights on it or something? Like it's Christmas? I think Iridessa shows up <laughs> and lights up your cruise. <laughs> the animal fairy. <laughs> You're right over there? I am. I'm just tickled. You're making yourself laugh? <laughs> and my final news story is award-winning chefs are going to be showcased in Pearville, Pearville at the Food and Wine Festival. It's back. It is back. <laughs> <laughs> From September 26th to November 9th, uh, Epcot's International Food and Wine Festival will feature the fully interactive pear-themed county fair located at the American Adventure Pavilion at Epcot. As Corey said, it's back from last year. Quick, get out the cardboard pears. As part of this, two award-winning chefs will conduct special recipe demonstrations in October. Uh, On October 25th and 26th, award-winning chefs James Valentine of Bellingham, Washington, and Nalita Silva of Alberta, Canada, will take the stage to prepare original pear recipes that won them honors. Well, at least there's something new there, right? At least it's not, you know, the cutout where you pretend you're a pear and you put your head in it. <laughs> Julie so, did it. I have a good photo. <laughs> Corey took a photo of me doing that. <laughs> and there's the Paris wheel. And <laughs> oh, and the I mirrors, actually, too. Yeah, yeah. they make you look like a pear. <laughs> matcher or whatever. Match your wine to your yeah, pear. Yeah. I did that for Corey. I, I turned the wheel to like came to the Cabernet Sauvignon <laughs> and told him what kind of pear he should have and what kind of cheese he should have with his wine. <laughs> Real exciting. <laughs> Did you buy one of those hermetically sealed pears they were selling for like $40? They no. weren't selling them yet. We went on the soft opening day, so there were some things that weren't open. The pear in the little plastic coffin? Yeah, yeah. But I automatically thought Bob had a hand in that because he loved Pearville He did. Year. He was very excited about he it. He was. He drove his little cart around and around that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dana Parfit, there is a whole exhibit out there just for you. 
the, the Parfits are the folks who won the Cinderella's Royal Table. Yeah. And she loves pears. Her grandparents grew pears. And mm. she was very excited that they had a pear dessert until we got it. You need to look for the blood clot pear over there. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Valentine is going to be preparing the Northwest Anjou pear ravioli with vanilla chardonnay. What's that word? Bear Blanc. Bear Blanc. And Chef Silva will be preparing a red Anjou pear crisp. You did that all by yourself? I did. So if you're over there on October 25th and 26th, go see it because none of us are going to go. So that's the only two days they're doing it out of the whole food and wine festival? Oh, come on. How long can you talk about <laughs> How many pear recipes can Daily you actually pear come up with? But they're not really doing anything over there now. We mm-hmm. walked through the other day and... It's, yep, They're pear. not doing anything. I think they've missed the boat. I think there needs to be a sideshow, Rare Pairs or something like that. All right, that'll do it for news this week. Uh, let's move on to Rapid Fire. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Just want to let everybody know that we have an official Diz Facebook page now. So if you're into, if you're into Facebook and you've, you're a member over there, we do have an official page. Uh, in less than a week, we've had close to 2,000 people join. It's been <laughs> crazy. crazy. So we have a link to that on the, the podcast main page. And those who don't know what Facebook is, it's basically a social networking site where you can connect and reconnect with friends and people you haven't seen in a while or just... Put a face to a name. Yeah, come join the, the Diz Club over there. So that's that. Very cool. Are we going to do all the other ones too? Uh, we're going to see how Facebook goes. I think, fa- you know, MySpace, it's popular, but I think it's a little bit more raunchy than Facebook, yeah. in my opinion. So I'm not saying that we won't do it, but we want to see how this one goes first before we start going there. Very cool. Good job. Who wants to go next? I have one. You I have another one? Yes, I've made one up. <laughs> <laughs> you are a professional. You go, girl. You stole no. her, so she's pulled one out of thin air. <laughs> no, I remember I was going to do this one, and Corey told me I should do Tinkerbell since that's up my alley. Um, the water parks are increasing their towel rental to $2 per towel. These towels are like the size of handkerchiefs. Yeah, the cheap little towels. <laughs> But anyway, so be prepared to pay a little bit more for your towels if you're going to be at the water parks. Are they all, bring your own. Are they all scratchy? Yeah, it's those, yeah. It's those <laughs> ribbed ones, you know, ribbed for your pleasure towels. <laughs> so it's a towel and derm abrasion. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if you don't return them, do they keep your money? No, I don't think you... You, you know, don't get your money $2. back? It's yeah. $2 no matter what. Because some people take them home. Yeah. And nothing's more fun than those scratchy towels after you've been in the sun all day and have a little bit of color on your body. Ow, 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 ow. There you go. More money for towels. Who'd like to go next? I will. I have been asked to participate in another version of the Western Illinois Public Speaking Classes College course. There will be, this was a test class that was done in the previously it was such a resounding success that they're going to do it with other versions of the class and we are going to do it uh again next week cool oh that's neat yeah so i'm very excited about that excellent so i we, know it doesn't have you to do, do you, pairs you call you called in is that what you did they have they had a they meet in a special classroom that has a call a phone that can do conference calling and they call me and i sit there with my headset on and answer questions and tell them about what we do and things like that. Really neat. I don't know. All this is cut into my television time. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really happy John is very that. upset. <laughs> he is. 
Let's go. The view is on. Come on. <laughs> wrap this up. Well, do you have a rapid fire? I do, but I think you have the same one. Well, I have one I think is going to expound on yours. So, go ahead and do yours first. The, uh, how do you say it? Circus de Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. Circus <laughs> oh, Soleil. I love that. He even put an accent on it. Uh, their, ticket, uh, their tickets are increasing. Um, looks like ages 10 and up are now $114 and $91 from 3 to 9. So, going up. Yep, so get your Circus de Soleil tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been wanting to bring Taylor there for the past couple of summers, and I'm like, gosh, it's just so expensive and we can never fit it in. Sorry, Taylor. I don't know if it's ever going to happen if they keep pushing the price up. Really? <laughs> it's going up anywhere from like $1 to $4 per person, um, which is, am- amazes me because they're really having a hard time selling it. They're all over the news, all over the advertising down here. So offering Florida resident rates and things like that. So my rapid fire is we all know that Pleasure Island has closed. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, so last night was the last night for Pleasure Island. I told you that was going to be my rapid fire, and you told me everybody already knew that I should mind my business. Because I have <laughs> more to the story than you do. Uh-huh. I see. Did I tell you to mind your business? Very much. <laughs> and yet you didn't. We saw how it works in the y'all's household. <laughs> really? Uh, Universal has announced that last week, Pleasure Island pass holders can bring those passes to Universal and receive special CityWalk passes that allow free admission from now through March 31st, 2009 to select CityWalk venues. Uh, These are the Red Coconut Club, Bob Marley's, Pat O'Brien's, Rising Star, The Groove, Latin Quarter, and Jimmy Buffett's. So that's pretty good. If you've got an annual pass to Pleasure Island, you can go and use it over at CityWalk. We went to Pleasure Island. What was it, Wednesday night? Yes, you guys went on Wednesday night. Yeah, it was like cast member night. My sister called me. It was was cool. It was nice to say goodbye to it. We went to the comedy club and... Motions and it was packed. That was Will's first time, so I kind of had to show him around. Like, hello, goodbye, (laughs) hello, goodbye. (laughs) Well, you saw it when it was actually good. Then when there was people there, there were lines, and it hasn't happened in a very long time. I've never been, and I guess I kept my streak alive. Never felt the need to go into (laughs) any of those clubs. We did that. The comedy club was a lot of fun. Yeah, I heard that was good. They had a huge line for that one. Yeah, I thought you told me Adventurers Club was pretty. Adventures Club was very busy. They had a line outside of that one. It was, the BET Club was dead. Um, we didn't go in mannequins. Two guys going to mannequins. Not going to happen. Um, but Motion Motions was crowded. Yeah, Atrax was crowded. But, yeah, high and by. You know, <laughs> were there any Diz people there? Because I know they were all going there this week to say goodbye. I uh, I didn't see any that night. I know a couple moderators from the Diz board were down here specifically to close out Pleasure Island. Yeah. I think a lot of people went like uh, last night and the night before, Friday and Saturday. Excellent. Goodbye, Pleasure Island. But the uh, that City Walk Pass, that's a very smart move by Universal. It's a brilliant To move. do that. It you really know. is. You don't want them, we'll take them. Because <laughs> you know they're going to buy drinks. Yep. You know they're going to buy other stuff. And they might come back. <laughs> I agree. All right. That's it for Rapid Fire this week. We are motoring along here, aren't we? Yep. Um, Okay, what we've had is a couple of us have had a chance to go over to the Food and Wine Festival this week, and we're going to do a more um, extensive review of Food and Wine once all of us have a chance to get over and and experience it. But we wanted to give people sort of an overview of what to expect this year and uh, if there's anything different or anything new or if there's anything that's a a must-see. So 
Corey, why don't you fill us in on what happened? The, um, like I said, we went there on the, the soft opening day. So a lot of the booths were open, but the menus weren't out there yet. They had little, um, little paper menus right when you ordered your food. So you really couldn't walk around the World Showcase and see you know, what every country was ordering. Um, this year's uh, theme is Offering. Ci- the Cities in Wonderland. He said what every country was ordering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Or- there you go. Cities in Wonderland, so they're mainly focusing on the cities uh, instead of the countries as a whole, like Melbourne, Australia, um, you know, San Francisco, USA. Santiago, Chile. Mexico City, Mexico. So the whole thing is um, all about the cities this year. The So you're saying they didn't have the signs up that are usually in front of every booth? The day we went. The next day, the official okay. opening day, they did. So we... Um, there were a lot of exhibits that weren't open yet. I was looking forward to seeing New Orleans. That w- that was still had a had a wall around it. So we need to go. We're going this week to check all that out. One of the um, big things that I noticed is that all the the booths, the stands, are all designed specifically for that uh, country. They, they don't look like ordinary booths with just a, a different hut. sign on them. They're all designed, you know, to fit. Like Athens, Greece, it's like a white building with a blue roof. The typical Greek home. Yeah, the typical Greek home. Oh, is that what that was supposed mm-hmm. to be? I knew that it was different, but I couldn't figure out what it was supposed to represent. <laughs> yeah. In booths. Louisiana, the booth is Homa's House, which yeah. is a plantation. They have like the shutters. Homa's House? Homa's. H-O-U-M-A, oh. apostrophe S. Oh, and the food in New Orleans was really good because I went on Saturday. They give you party beads or Mardi yeah, Gras Mardi beads. Gras beads and, yeah. yeah, I had the gumbo. I didn't Highly have a chance to it. taste the food that day. They were out of food. They told us it would be like 35 to 40 minutes. Before we can have any food, but like, they are okay. featuring my favorite beer, a Beta Amber beer is my favorite beer of all time. So it's if anyone's everyone. going to New Orleans, save room for an Abita Amber and drink one for me. Kathy, what were the prices like for the gumbo? Uh, it was like three seventy-five. I think it was. It was a little bit expensive, and I was there that opening day for the um, cast members. And pretty much almost every booth that I went to, everybody went. I can remember when this was like a dollar ninety-nine. Yeah. Everybody was complaining about the prices. Prices did go up anywhere from 25 to 75 cents on some items. Um, it's, it's expected, but at, you know, if they keep raising it every year, you're going to be paying $6 for a sample food. At know. what point is it too much that you can't afford yeah. it even to go and have a sample? A lot of food items have changed. I know in Poland they took away the cabbage roll, which was one of my favorites. I was very disappointed. Yeah, they, a lot of the menus are very different. Some, some of them had the same items as last year, but they really changed things up this year. So it's, I'm glad that they, they broke it up because it's kind of you get used to going around, okay, I'm going to have this here, have this here. I know I don't like this. Let me have this. But this year they really changed it up. And they kind of moved things around too. Mm-hmm. Like last year, the um, empanadas. They were in Argentina. And this year they're in Chile. Mm-hmm. And they're a lot bigger. And more expensive, of course. <laughs> <laughs> They have something new called the mouse catch, which I didn't try yet. I was saving it for the next time that we go where you can taste cheese. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So what did you try? What did you get a chance to taste? Let's see, in Mexico, I did the um, chilaquiles. That's one of my favorite things. I'm glad they have that back. Uh, we had the empanada, which yeah. is always great. The empanada is a good thing. If you're, um, if you're hungry, you go on Food and Wine Festival, walk around the World Showcase clockwise, and that's one of the first stops, and get something big in your stomach before you go around tasting all these things. We tried the um, the lamb, lamb, slider. lamb sliders. I need to find out what country that was. 
That was uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Will even tried escargot in France. Yeah, it was a little freaky, but... What you think? No, that was good. I don't think I would like it without the, the bread. I like a garlic bread. Yeah, it was oh, like it was a garlic like a sauce inside. The, yeah. yeah, so it was served in sort of like a butter and a and a garlic sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what everybody really likes. That's, <laughs> the, only, that's the best part of escargot. No, but it was good. The fact that there's a little bug in it, it's like <laughs> you just kind of look past that. But he didn't like the quiche because he had that with with me. Yeah, and tried just one of Corey's snails. And of course, the cheddar cheese soup in Canada—that's always a must. It was hot. Yeah. Did you have the Greek salad, Kathy, in Greece? No, I did the Spanakopita. That's oh. like that's my favorite. That's because I go counterclockwise. <laughs> yeah, okay. And you know, depending, usually my family comes over and we like do the world showcase. And one time we'll do it going one way and hit them. Then the next mm-hmm. time going the other way, so that you know, because we did that circuit once all the way around, and then we were all sick afterwards. So it's like <laughs> in moderation. So. Yeah, Julie likes to go counterclockwise, too, and start off with a soup and salad. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't have any, like, any different drinks, though, this time. We were kind of rushing through it. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, when it's not open completely, it's, you feel like you're missing out a lot. So I really want to go back. And I almost cried when we walked past the Germany booth because I love the Riesling. And was it closed? I she- can't have it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Julie's food festival this year. You're so overly <laughs> cautious. <laughs> it's a couple bottles of wine. <laughs> and a drunk fetus. <laughs> and like we said, the um, the Pearville, that was open. Of course, they're going to have that open, not New Orleans. Um, but, you know, it's it's really hard to, to give a complete picture or a complete overview because we didn't see it. We'll get over there. We'll have everybody's opinion, try to get sort of, at least hopefully everyone will have tried everything. Someone will have tried everything. We're going to the party for the census. We are. We're going to try the party for the oh, census wow. this year. It's our first time going to Saturday that. night. Oh, really? Mm, there's a big cheese thing going on on Saturday, too. Some sort of event where you can taste and do all these things. When they have that craft commercial on TV, they always talk about the fact that it won a, a medal at a prestigious cheese competition. <laughs> I always wonder where those are held. <laughs> Apparently in Epcot this year. I might go to a prestigious cheese competition. <laughs> I would too. I want to know what when if you go back, what you think of how they have you pay this year. I think it's they tried to improve it, and I think they made it worse. Well, tell us what they're doing. Because now you you know they have the little outside station, and you pay. Well, the first day, the pre-show day, none of the registers were working. No, they were right. giving like posty notes. Oh man. <laughs> That's but, what they tried last year. But then we went back, and then you stand there. And you do get a receipt, but there's like this whole great big long line, and then up where you get your food, there's nobody. And all the cast members are standing there like looking at each other, and there's a big long line. And then some of the lines, they shoot you out different ways, so they have you like create traffic bottlenecks. It's like mm-hmm. they, they tried to make it better, but I think they made it worse. And I, I was a big fan of when they used to give you the little, if you went up and you said, I want Spanakopita, they gave you a little plastic thing. Mm-hmm. They don't do that anymore, right. and I think it takes longer. N- not as many people can get fed. Yeah, because they have to r- look at the receipt and read it and see what it says. So you actually went on a day when it was this wasn't the preview. I was there four days in a row trying to to get pictures and experience, and there's still a lot, you know, that I haven't so done yet. I guess my question is: this wasn't because of the preview. This is no. how they're going to run it. That sounds right. awful. So I was there 
during the week, and then I was there, what, Friday and Saturday, and you could see on Saturday there was really long lines that once we really get into this, it's going to be bad. Hmm. There are um, Disney gift cards. There's a special Disney gift card for the Food and Wine Festival that you can purchase beforehand, and that way you don't have to deal with, you know, paying three fifty here, three twenty five here. You're gonna end up with a pocket full of quarters. Yeah. It, it just makes it a lot more convenient. You can purchase that there. There's like six different locations throughout Epcot where you can buy this gift card. And, and when you know, it's just a gift card, and you load it with any amount of money you want, yeah, ahead and, of time, and, and you use that around the Food and Wine Festival. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try that when we go this week and see how it goes. That's a good idea. Yeah, because I had, like you said, you have a pocket full of change. And yeah, you know, if if more people did that, these lines that we're talking about, it's you know, they wouldn't be as long. Somebody's paying cash. Somebody's paying with a credit card. Okay, I need to see your ID. Credit. It's just yeah, it's hectic. That's also part of the Disney psychology. You're not really using cash. You're using plastic. You've already paid for it, so you might as well buy everything you can. Yeah. So. Smart move on their part. Kathy, sounds like you got a chance to do more than these guys did. Um, every year they have a walkthrough area, someplace special to walk through. What was that this year? I walked through it, but you can tell I was really impressed because I can't remember. <laughs> was it Melbourne? I don't know. There was something, and they had all these like boards with pictures on it. it that wasn't... was the Australia. Okay. I, was that the I, Queen I Victoria Market? Yeah, and there was like balls of string out front that when I got home and read the book that the balls of string signify something. But as you're walking through, you just go, oh, balls of string. Okay. <laughs> it's not like last year they had Oklahoma had a big mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. that you really felt like drawn in there. But this was like, okay, I, I walked through here, through here, but it's didn't do anything for me. What about the, uh, the New Orleans exhibit? I, I know I, I can only see what was over the, uh, the wall, but I know it looks like there was like a French Quarter um, facade. And oh, that was neat. My daughter walked in, and she had this shirt on that said Louisiana. So first of all, they all fussed over. But they had all the little buildings, and um, they have a stage that I think like four times a day they perform on. Yeah, they probably have like a Zydeco band or something. Yeah, it looked really cool. We weren't there at the right time, and they were handing out recipe cards. And then if the one day we were there, they gave you just the, the Mardi Gras beads. But then when we went on Saturday, you had to sign up for a drawing in order to get your beads. But it looked like there was a lot of people hanging in the New Orleans booth as compared to some of the other ones. Yeah, I know there's a, a Tabasco stand where you can buy Tabasco products and shirts and whatever. That's a, it's a Louisiana thing. You know, Corey, he's going to peek behind the curtain. I did. Of course. Hopping <laughs> up, trying to see over the wall. I know your type. Like, let me get in your shoulders, Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, they wouldn't go to mannequins because they thought they were going to look gay. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what your, if you had to tell somebody what's your one don't miss food item this year, what was it, Kathy? I like the New Orleans booth. That, that was my favorite this year. You know, I have my usual favorites that I always go to, but I like New Orleans because it was something new. Yeah. What was, was the most good. expensive item? I don't know. The booths we were at, they were all about three seventy-five. Last so year, the America's bad. booth had the. Uh, oh, that's right. The lobster, 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 lobster roll. That's not there anymore. They moved it to the. Uh, the was it the hops and barley? Yeah, they moved it there, and now uh, USA has something else. They they're had offering roasted roasted beet beets. salad. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, with yeah, goat were- cheese, um, seared beef medallion with cheddar cheese, polenta. You know, <laughs> and chicken fingers. Beet salad. Pears yeah. and beet salad is what represents our country. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And there was the strawberry shortcake. California strawberry yeah. shortcake. How about you guys? I know you didn't get a chance to eat much, but of what you had, what do you think was the best? Tell people don't miss this item. The empanada for me. I agree. I agree. It's nice and big and meaty. I didn't have one of those. But uh, I think my favorite was probably the, uh, the pot stickers. They were pretty good. Pork yeah, pot stickers China. from China. Yeah. They were good. I understand Nine Dragons has reopened. We're going to have to go check that out. We will. Excellent. And again, like I said, we're all going to get a chance to get over there, and hopefully next week we'll have more of a rounded review. But it sounds like Kathy's done a lot already. Yeah. I guarantee you my food pick would, is going to change by next week once I taste. Uh, go back. Yeah, go back, more. and I'll have a new favorite. Well, it's going to be interesting to hear your guys' take on New Orleans. Yeah, that's what I can't wait to see. Is it going to be authentic enough? Is it going to be yeah. dumbed down or something like that? I did notice a lot of LSU shirts hanging around the, the <laughs> New Orleans booth. I was like, oh, home. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, I, I wanted to bring up in rapid fire, and I forgot, is Kathy had a chance to um, stay in one of the re-themed rooms over at Caribbean Beach Resort and take some pictures of the new Nemo-themed rooms. And I invited her here to um, sort of give us her impressions of what those rooms are like. I was impressed. I'm Caribbean Beach, I've said this the last time I did a review, Caribbean Beach is my favorite. So I went in there, you know, I wanted to be really picky about what they did. And it's been discussed on the boards a number of times of how did they actually do this refurbishment. And the thing that everybody was so upset about was, you know, they just put new bedspreads on and put a new border in. Well, they did more than that. And the first thing that, that strikes you when you walk in the room is they actually did put new carpeting in, which a lot of people were upset about you know that did they do that did they just deep clean the carpeting but even john noticed it was it was new carpeting and people were upset that the carpet was new no that they no, said that it was old and they just deep cleaned right. it oh that it was a cheap refurbishment so the other thing that i wanted to check out were the beds because that was one of the the things that people loved was the fact that the beds at caribbean beach used to be up high so you could stick your luggage underneath where now they're like on a platform, so you can't stick anything mm-hmm. underneath there. But there's plenty of room back in the closet area. And they painted the room. It's actually a two-toned part of the room is like a cream color, and other parts like blue. So it, it they all look like new rooms. I mean, I see, I think it was September the 23rd. I'm a CBR geek, but September 23rd was its 20th anniversary. So you would think after 20 years you'd start to see a little bit of wear and tear. But to me it looked like, you know, a nice new, fresh room. The, the mattresses were nice. The only bad thing was this morning that um, I was awakened by blood-curdling screams outside my room as some little kid was running down the hallway and the dad was yelling at the kid at the top of their lungs. Um, maybe they needed to soundproof the room a little bit. And my other... The only bad thing that I found with Caribbean Beach was the Ethernet cable for the Internet is on the nightstand between the two beds. And you have enough what? of a cable. I know. That's crazy. You can't, You can't. I, obviously, they don't want you to work in your room. Want you to block from bed. Right. <laughs> you could, it made it right to, if you were sleeping on that one side of the bed, that's as long as the Ethernet cable was. Wow. That's so, crazy. You know, they, they should have redone that because i mean other hotels have it over on that table yeah that's where it should be yeah but i mean the room itself was very nice um 
the safe that uh, that's another thing people ask is it big enough for a laptop no it's not big enough for a laptop there's plenty of drawers in the chest of drawers there and they've put the refrigerator in the chest of drawers there's still room and there's a little bench there that was another i mean there's all kind of people when this was all going on all their favorites how was it going to be they they kept everything that worked in the room and then they sort of improved on it a little bit and the nemo i mean you know, if you looked up and looked at the border, you'd just go, if you'd been there before, you go, oh, look, it's a little bit different. And the bedspread itself was cool. There's hidden Mickeys on the bedspread. But they did a nice job. I was I was impressed. I went over with you when you checked in, and again, I thought it was very nice and subtle. It wasn't like there were giant Nemos on the wall or anything like right. that. Just in the border, just in the bedspread. But the overall room has a very tranquil feel. The rug is a nice green color. The walls are, like you said, a little bit aqua with the with the drapes. One of the things I found very odd, the drapes felt like the consistency of pool toys. Do you know what I mean? Like that very heavy plastic. Like that vinyl? Yeah, like a vinyl. And I thought that was just very odd, an odd choice, because that makes the room smell. Yeah. Like a shower so curtain. Yeah, yeah. 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 shower yeah. curtain. Yep, exactly. That was the only weird misstep that I thought was weird about the room. But other than that, I thought it looked great. And other, another thing that people that go to this resort have heard about this resort, where the curtains are by the door, people used to moan that when you'd shut the door, it would suck the curtain into mm-hmm. the door, and then your door wouldn't shut tight. And then they'd come back later and find out they could just push the door open. Well, Disney put a little strip of Velcro at the bottom of the curtain so that it doesn't, you know, blow into the door anymore. So there's no more curtain sucking. Right. <laughs> well, it sounds like they listen to, feed, to, to, to uh, guest feedback and the guest surveys, and they've made some changes. And the only, my only concern, and I don't have an answer for it yet, is, you know, the other big thing at Caribbean Beach is they just opened their new pirate-themed pool. So I couldn't wait to go check out the pool because everybody used to complain it wasn't big enough. So last night I'm like, okay, I've I've done what I needed to do. I'm going to go relax at the pool. So we get to the pool, and it's closed. It's 730 at night. And the posted hours everywhere says 10 to 10. But there was about six of those big plastic signs that said pool closed. Now there's two lifeguards over in the kids' area. But nobody can be in the main pool. And everybody I asked, oh, no, it's open till 10. I'm like, well, why isn't anybody in the water then past 7.30? And I couldn't get an answer. Do you think it was just that night they were doing something, or do you think it's going to be every night? I don't know. I'm going to have to go over and see on some other night. Yeah, it sounds like they had to close it down for some reason. It just looks so pretty and, you know. That pool looks awesome. Yeah, and I said the kids' area was very you know, I mean, two lifeguards, and there was all kind of kids in there. So I hope it's not going to close at 7.30 every I mean, if night. There's, if there's a slightest chemical imbalance with the pool, they'll okay. shut it down. Mm-hmm. So let's hope that's that's why. You know, that'll it'll be open till 10. You said they put a gate around the pool? There's a gate around the pool now. And before, like when you stayed at Caribbean Beach, you know, the lifeguards would close it down at night and put the little netting in front of the slides. Right. Well, yeah. now that gate locks at 10 o'clock at night, and it, they... You know, open back up at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I just wonder if that's another Disney thing that now they can cut down on some of this stuff that they've got a locked pool area where before you could, at Caribbean Beach, you could just walk in there anytime. Yeah. 
Most pools, you can. I just say most pools on property are open all the time. They'll have times, but you can swim at your own risk after those hours if you're not making too much noise. Or but I just wondered if that's the new, yeah. the new way. Trend. If they're going that way, we yeah. say 12, we mean 12. So when <laughs> another pool goes for refurbishment, are they going to have now a locked pool area? It might cut down on insurance. Yeah. Oh, and they did take out the little slides that they had at Jamaica and Barbados now that the main pool's open. I hate it when uh, hotels do that, though. Close the pools that early. I mean, you get back from a park or being out all day or a club or, you know, go out to the nightclub. You want to sit in the hot tub or get in the pool or you're paying this much to stay there. But they really don't want drunk people in their pools and hot tubs. Oh, and they also, Who also says, have a You said cool out to, oh, at a club till 2? doesn't matter. I'm saying if you're at a park all day, my feet were hurting. I say, and you know, when the park's open until nine o'clock, and then you get back to your resort, and the pool closes at ten. Yeah, you don't necessarily you know, have any time to, to relax or even enjoy it. I don't know. I just understand. It's dark. There's no lifeguards out there. No one watching anyone. There was an accident, and you were out there by yourself, and you drowned, or you know, busted your head open and bled to death. They don't want that on their hands. The mother jeans are kicking in, aren't they? Yeah, boy. <laughs> and there's a cool spa around the back of the pirate fort. So they've got a hot tub and a cool spa. And it looks just like the hot tub until you walk in and, you, you know, then you look over as you go, ooh, that's Hello. cold. You know? <laughs> but it's nice because, like, nobody goes back there. So if you're looking for a quiet place to just sort of sit out in the sun. when the And you're not open, afraid of shrinkage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never yeah. go to a nude beach. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, did you notice any impact from Bonnet Creek Resort on Caribbean Beach? Because Bonnet Creek is right behind there. So I was wondering if these saw the lights from that or any noise. Or um, certain certain places you can see the building, but I've sort of learned to, like, not look that way. You know, because there's, like, so much going on in Caribbean Beach with the landscaping. Because mm-hmm. I pointed out to you, like, another thing that people always go, I don't want a parking lot view. Well, my room was, like, on the back of the building that sort of, you know, was closer to the parking lot but there's so much landscaping and that's the same thing with bonnet creek there's so many things between caribbean beach and bonnet creek that if you just sort of only look up you know so far you wouldn't even see that that resort was there and there really isn't a room with a parking lot view there's no room where the window is right on the parking lot because of how they're set up they're always on the side of the room so yeah that's kind of a strange thing to worry about and it was neat being in um the cool pool while it was open um, and seeing fireworks, that was cool. And to me, it seemed like the fireworks were louder. I don't know, maybe I'm getting older or something, but it seems to me we didn't hear them that loud years ago. And it seems like you can see them better from Caribbean Beach than I remember them being. But it's a neat way to spend your evening. There was lots of people in the hammocks and stuff out there at 9 o'clock watching the fireworks. Something you wouldn't notice, but some of the backlot areas of Epcot, have been um, developed out a little more. Okay. We've noticed it a couple of times, and it's sort of the back areas of Epcot are encroaching on that road. You know where the sign is now, the new sign for Vacation Club mm-hmm. with Mickey and Goofy in the car? Right back there is sort of the back of Epcot. So I can understand why you're probably hearing the fireworks more and seeing them more because there's no more that the buffer area has become less and less. It was nice because you could hear actually hear the music too. So if you had little kids... You know, you didn't have to feel bad that you were missing the fireworks because if you stood in just the right place, you could actually even see some of the low ones. So it was it was nice. Cool. Well, thank you very much, Kathy, for that You're update. Welcome. 
I appreciate that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween Horror Nights. Some of our gang had a chance to go over and partake in that jovial yeah. <laughs> nighttime activity over at Universal. Um, who all went? Uh, me and Will and uh, Kathy went on the first night. The first night, we, we, went, on, we went on Friday. We just walked, kind of walked around the park doing the scare zones, didn't do any of the haunted houses, just kind of checking out um, the street atmosphere. And then Saturday, uh, we went to, to do the haunted houses, me and Will. So this year's theme, Bloody Mary. Uh, <laughs> Julie's just over shaking her head. I was actually scratching my lip on my microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were giving anything. No, I'm never doing it. Sign. Oh, she's never going to do it. She won't. Uh, this year's theme is uh, Bloody Mary. She's basically in control of this whole park. Uh, the creative people at uh, Universal just came up with the story of Bloody Mary and what she looks like. We all know Bloody Mary is an urban legend. You know, you say her name three times in a mirror and she comes out. But that's about all they had to go off of was that. And so they actually created what she looks like. They created the story of, of how she came about, which she was basically a, a psychiatrist that believed that if a subject was constantly um, forced to experience what they feared, that they would, they would overcome this fear. Like if you were scared of the dark, you would be blindfolded. And to, to stop her from doing this, she would say her name three times. And she would, you know, take the blindfold off. But instead, she started killing people when they would say her name three times, her fear was death. So the only way for her to overcome her fear was to constantly kill people. <laughs> so that's the basically the whole, uh, she's the, the person this year. The whole park is run um, by her. Now, before you go on, usually the whole, even though they change the backstory or the theme of the year, there's always that clown. Was that clown around this year? No clowns. Thank goodness. Yeah, no, I hate clowns. No clowns. Especially they, that one was freaky. They had a really good theme this year. They have uh, six scare zones, which is basically an area that they kind of block off, and you walk through, and people scare you. There are characters um, in these scare zones. They have six of those, eight haunted houses, and they have three shows. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is a PG-13 a comedy show. They make fun of pop culture, anything and everything that's going on in the news, um, you know, TMZ or whatever. And then there's a uh, a magician show, like a horror magician. It takes place at Animal Planet Live. And, you know, these shows take place several times throughout the night, like four different times. The, the first thing you see when you walk in, uh, before you walk in, there's this huge, huge uh, mirror in front of the under the arch of Universal Studios Florida and it's like Bloody Mary and she's talking to people and it's pretty freaky. Yeah, Is it like a hologram or a like video. a video? No, it's a, oh, video. it's a video. It's like a big a big LCD screen. screen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Massive. It's, and it, it's in like the Bloody Mary frame, you know, it's it's really cool. It draws up. It's, it's drawing a pretty big crowd out. This front, was the yeah. first year where I saw, you know, something that they had out front drawing people just to stand and watch. I mean, you can hear it from, you know, almost the other side of City Walk. Yeah. You know, she's screaming and glasses breaking, and it's pretty freaky. I think that was probably the scariest thing out of, <laughs> out of everything. Uh, when you walk in, the first scare zone you go through, it's called the Path of the Wicked. This is if the Wicked Witch of the West. Show. If the Wicked Witch of the West had won, this is what would have happened. She's done away with Dorothy, and she has complete control over Oz. And, um, you know, the Tin Man, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow. And, and they have the, the monkeys, they have um, acrobatics or whatever, kind of swinging from one side of the street to the other, kind of like where Shrek is. 
and Jimmy Neutron, and they're swinging. So you have these flying monkeys. And it's real foggy. And it's real and foggy. Between trees, yeah. and it's, it's pretty cool. It's something else. And in the Wicked Witch, she's just hilarious. She just uh, makes fun of people as they walk in. You know, I'll get you my pretty and your little children, too. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's great. She does a real good job. So, I mean, they had these scare zones all over the place. Um, you know, some of the haunted houses, there's uh, Creatures, um, Interstellar Terror, which is kind of like an alien uh, spaceship type thing. And you go in and it's, it looks like Alien, you know, the movie The Alien. Body collectors, um, they're, that's what they do. They're, they're body collectors. Jack the Ripper, right? Yeah. The, supposedly, these are the people who were, who were responsible for uh, Jack the Ripper and his, his legend. They, were, they used Jack the Ripper as their scapegoat. Their cover-up. Yeah. But, but each house has, you know, has like a storyline or some kind, of, um, you know, some kind of history behind it. When you go in there, you don't necessarily know it. We did the... Uh, we did an RIP tour. Yeah. And so we had a guide kind of tell us what what was going on. Uh, in so you house. did the actual tour where you had the guide, um, quote unquote, backdoor you into the yep. the haunted mansions, yeah. the haunted houses, and he gives you a little bit of a backstory before you go in. Yeah. Yeah. That was really helpful. How many people were in your group? <laughs> 25. Yeah. 25. Now, when you went in, were you funneled into the rest of the crowd or were you sort of like in the 20 by yourself and then. We were we were just we were back door. They, we were backstage for most of the time, and they, they would bring us in another entrance and go through. So we didn't go through the whole queue or anything. Sometimes we we even saw some uh, some back scene stuff. You know, characters yeah. putting their costume on, and switching out. And this was cool. The RP tour was uh, was neat to see some of that behind the scenes stuff. I think my uh, my favorite haunted house of the entire uh, entire Halloween Horror Nights was Scary Tales. And this is basically the evil queen rewrites all the fairy tales. Um, it doesn't always end good. Well, none of these end good. You you walk through um, the, the cornfields of Oz and uh, Alice in Wonderland, and they play off of Cinderella. And you got Rapunzel and Rapunzel, uh, uh, Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel. You walk through like a, a furnace room or yeah, Little Red Riding Hood. I think that was the best one. We both we both like that a lot. And before you go to these haunted houses, there are scare zones. Like the, before you get to scary tales, there's a scare zone leading up to that called Fractured Tales, and they have all of these uh, fairy tale characters, you know, characters walking around. You know, Little Red Riding Hood has the uh, the wolf in her basket, the head of the wolf. You know, it's pretty gruesome looking. Uh, there's another uh, scare zone called Asylum in Wonderland. It's basically a playoff of Alice in Wonderland. There's the uh, the Queen of Hearts doesn't look like the Queen of Hearts that we know. It's an actual, like she looks like a queen and she's walking around with like this little heart uh, wand. And there's the yeah. the Mad Hatter. Doesn't Make look like the Mad Hatter that we know, but you can tell from his hat. So I mean, He's Bloody like- Mary has kind of had an influence on all of these these areas, and she's you know put her spreading spin her on, evilness, spreading her terror. Sure. See, part of the problem is, as you're describing, it almost sounds like fun. It is fun. But it's like scary fun. Yeah. Well, look, what do you think, Kathy? Kathy did not want to do this at all. And, you know, she didn't do the haunted houses, but she walked through all the scare zones. I actually enjoyed what I went through. It To me, it wasn't anywhere near as scary as I thought it was going to be. Now, I, like I said, I didn't go in the haunted houses, but what I saw outside, I really enjoyed was fun now was that because you knew 
they couldn't touch you and you knew that nothing really bad was going to happen to you? Or did you just sort of... Yeah, I, I sort of went like, oh, these are just people that are here to, to like do their job. And it's up to me to decide if I want to be scared or not. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess I was just taking it all in. I guess my favorite was the uh, chainsaw guys. Oh, yeah. That was... Yeah, that happens right in front of um, Disaster. Yeah. And they... Yeah, that's just the sound of a chainsaw is pretty scary. Not to mention somebody running behind you with one. It, I always tell people, you know, if if you run, they're going to chase you. Or if you show some sort of reaction, that's that's what their goal is. You know, if you just walk and you ignore them, they're not going to bother with you. They usually chase the little teen girls who are run down the street, the street scare, you know, screaming and. Well, they're looking for that reaction. They are. That's exactly. part of the fun of it. Is yeah. who, who can they get to react to it and then torture them. So, I mean, you can walk through these scare zones straight-faced, just keep walking. They're not going to mess with you. They'll try, but it's funny. But if you run, they're going to chase you. They you will. scream. Then their buddies will chase you. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll come back and get you again. Yeah, I just went along like, oh, okay. Like the one guy's there, oh, I want to eat your head. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> I just talked you know. It tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> you smell good. <laughs> Would you say it's, it's like they're a bunch of disgruntled cast members Yeah, it's getting like their they got out, out their aggressions. <laughs> like, hey, you're going to get to work Halloween Horror Nights and scare the living daylights out of people. Uh, my understanding is that this is coveted by the Universal employees, oh, really? that this is something they all want to do because they can go so far out of the regular... Wouldn't you like to do it? I Best would love to do it. Yeah. 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 I don't want to be there, but I would love to do it to other people. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun to dress up and, and uh, do that. There was a, another haunted house. It was called Dead Exposure. It's basically all black, and the only time you see anything is uh, with a strobe. And it's, it's not a regular strobe light. It's a strobe black light. So every time it strobes, everything that's painted in white, you see. And so you go into this whole haunted house, and, and there's this constant flash, and you're walking through the dark. Uh, and people are painted up, but they look like bones. And this was this was probably fighting with scary tales for my favorite because it was so dark, and you know the flashes were really cool. Like Corey said, you, you only saw what they wanted you to see, or and it was pitch black. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> did, yeah. do, did doing the R.I.P. thing ruin it at all? Did it? Influence the experience no, at all? I think it made it better. No way. Uh, I would. I would suggest that for anybody. I mean, we saw every haunted house, and we we had a reserved spot for the Bill and Ted show, right in front, in the middle. Tell us about the shows. How was the Bill and Ted show? The Bill and Ted show was always great. It's always funny. Uh, last year was pretty hard to top, and it's. I don't think they topped last year. It was still funny, still raunchy. I think more raunchy this year than any, yeah. any year. But last year was just so funny. I mean, I, I walked out with belly laughs, um, my belly hurting from laughing so much. This year, it was funny, but not like last year. Yeah, some of the um, the characters that they, they had, they had um, uh, McCain and Obama came out. They started the whole show. And then Drunk Hillary came out. Then there was Hellboy, Harrison Ford in an ECV vehicle. Will Smith, they made fun <laughs> of the Sex in the City chicks, uh, Speed Racer, the Love Guru. Uh, they made fun of Simon the Chipmunks. Angelina Jolie came out with two kids attached to her. Uh, Rambo, Miley Cyrus, and her alter attached to what? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Miley Cyrus and her alter ego, um, Hannah Montana. They, I think they kind of blew her up or yeah. something. Um, Hulk Hogan, Iron Man, and uh, the Tin Man were kind of combined into one character. The original, yeah. Uh, the Rihanna, and so th- those are some of the. Things Was there a? St- 
in the past when I've seen it, there's been a, a theme that sort of tied the whole thing together. Was there a theme or was there a show? Or was it just these guys came out and did individual it was skits? Bill and Ted meet Hellboy. Was the they changed it? It wasn't just Bill and Ted's show. There was a crown, and they, um, they, the evil somebody. I don't know who the evil person was, but it was trying to get this crown from Bill and Ted because they can rule the the world or whatever. It's a thin thread uh, runs through it. Yeah, sort yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. This is where Ron Perlman comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> He was Hellboy, wasn't he? He was. He was. But we didn't. Uh, we didn't do the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. We did that last year. I don't see that changing, and that's not my type of thing, anyway. Uh, Is that like two guys going to mannequins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, did you go to the show with them? Did you? See? No, we didn't. We were doing the circuit, and we we kept missing the shows. The timing of the shows. Yeah. Because I wanted her to see the uh, Bill and Ted show. But. I think that's an important point to let people know is these shows are at certain times, so make sure you get your map and make sure you get yeah. your schedule so you pl- you position yourself in the park at that time. Yeah, the least crowded uh, show for Bill and Ted is going to be the first and last show. The two middle ones, they have um, – let me get these times. There's one at 7.30, 8.45, 10 o'clock, 11.15. So try to hit the 7.30 or 11.15 if you want to go to this show. Because it's packed. It is packed. And they will and people wait run. and run and then lay down on the seats. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they were. Wow. I'm saving for 10. <laughs> See, that's when I just sit on their head. I'm sitting on you. <laughs> exactly. I would even go, because I looked on the website, and what I should have done is look to see what time the shows were. Because trying to read that map in the dark... <laughs> yeah, it's it's really hard to well, do. Well, someone's it, chasing you with a chainsaw. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and it's very foggy. I mean, all these areas are very foggy. Taking photos is is very tough. You know, you use your flash, you just have fog in front of people. But that's that's how they get you. They hide in the fog. You don't see them. Mm-hmm. They see you though. How long does it take you to, uh, on average, to walk through one of the haunted houses? Not long at all. I mean, they you're in and you're out. I would say what five to ten minutes. Yeah, if ten max at the ten most. max. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're moving. That's a good estimate. My the only pet peeve I really have about the houses is how they f- shuffle you in. I mean, you are. It's just almost an assembly line of people. Mm-hmm. And, it's like this conga line. You're really, you know, on the person's back in front mm-hmm. of you. So dun, 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 I just slow down a little bit <laughs> and let the person in front of me get three, four steps ahead, and that, you know, I, I got a lot more. Reactions, people jumping out at me. Yeah, because if you see somebody jumping out in front of you, and they're not going. They're going to wait for six other people right. for somebody who didn't see them. So, so lay back a little bit. Yeah, slow, slow down yeah. if you really want to get scared. The uh, there are rides open during this too. They have uh, Revenge of the Mummy, Disaster, Jaws, Men in Black, and the Simpsons ride. So you can also do some rides. Do they integrate any of the characters into the rides? I know one year he went the Jaws ride the. They had characters in there trying we to We didn't do you. any of the attractions. We were we were really just trying to cover as much as possible as many of the haunted houses. And and by the time we got out of the Bill and Ted show, it was over. They were closing up. Um, there there is there's a spot to buy alcohol. I swear, like every five inches. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is like everywhere. They sell blood shots. Looks like little blood uh, bags for like IVs. Yeah. I don't. We didn't we, try one. But. No, but it's. You Even look, on a normal day, Universal's a big drinking park. It is. It so. is. And everybody had their orange glowing cups. And you yeah. could see, like, how the park changed from, like, when we first got in towards, yeah. like, when I was leaving, I had this drunk, like, plow into me. And it's like, 
This isn't family friendly. Like. Really, Corey? Yeah, or no? I don't have to like that. I tried not to. Are drunk people easier to scare? Don't you think? I don't know. I I think you'd have more issues with drunk people right. in the park. Like punching out the characters. Yeah. Because yeah. you drop those inhibitions. Drunk people are scarier. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, so talk to them about what the crowd was like. Did you see families? Did you see little kids there? Friday night was was not very crowded at all. Saturday was a whole other story. A lot busier, yeah. Wow, and I thought Friday night was pretty busy, but we were saying we didn't see a lot of like little kids. So thankfully, parents kept them at home. Do they still have the metal detector that you have to go through? Oh yeah, hmm. which is you know added security. You want and, that and there, yeah. It it does bring out a different crowd. It doesn't bring out your Mickey's not so scary crowd. You have you have teenagers. I mean, groups of teenagers. Like the parents just drop them off. Y'all go pick you up later. Um, so it's it's definitely a different crowd. You have some unsupervised uh, teenagers walking around. And Are you allowed to dress up for this event or no? No costumes no. allowed. Oh. Which is which they, is good. They have like face painting there if you want to. They have enough costumes in this park that yeah. you know you don't need to be dressed up. They have they have a uh, was it a coffin? They they were pulling this uh, girl around with rats oh, that crawling cool. on top yeah. of her. Yeah, they had that last year, but yeah. walking around the streets with that. This is definitely not a kids' event. No, this I is would, very would, scary yeah. for for little kids. Yeah. We did. Um, I did run into a dizzer. A uh, unplugger, I would say, the yeah. Watson family from Southern California. Yep, we, uh, you know, came up to me and asked me if I was Corey from the Diz Unplugged, or Corey from the Diz. I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> I didn't have anything descriptive on, but I did have a beer in my hand, so maybe that was a giveaway. <laughs> beer and a camera. <laughs> so I wanted to say hi to them. Did they recognize your voice when you were screaming like a girl? Yeah, I was running. <laughs> but I just want to say hi to them. They they're here for two weeks. They left yesterday, but that was. That was a nice surprise. Very cool. Thank you, Corey and Will and Kathy, for telling us about Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I will say this. It sounds to me, though, like those multiple-day packages are a good deal because it sounds like you couldn't do everything all at once. No, I agree. So I agree. I mean, to uh, to go in there and try to do all these haunted houses, some of these waits were 60 minutes yeah. to get in a haunted house. If you're not going to do like an RIP tour, get an express pass for those lines. You don't want to spend... Or do more than one day. Get one of those or get, Yeah, more than one day. I mean, the unlimited Halloween You're going to spend a lot of time days. in line, and you're yeah. going to miss a lot. If this is your thing, don't miss it. Yeah. And I would also say, allow plenty of time to get into the parking garage, because the lines were really long when you come off of I-4 and you make that turn and come down. The lines were really long, and people were doing really stupid things with their cars. Mm. So you see, that's the scary part. <laughs> yeah. So... Allow plenty of time to get in. But I think overall the uh, the theme is great this year. I mean, the scary tales and the whole fairy tales thing is is really great. I mean, walking in with the whole Wizard of Oz thing and and Alice in Wonderland and all the fairy tales gone bad. That's just I, I like that. And and they had to really come. They had to be really a lot more creative this year. Last year they had Freddy and Jason, and you can just go watch those movies and rebuild it. You know, okay, let's right. build his house. This is what Freddy wears. With Bloody Mary, they didn't have that in their head. They had to come up with her from scratch and the story behind it and how she was going to affect these fairy tales. Yeah, they did a real good job with theming. The- there are two that you didn't talk about. I'm just curious about the schoolhouse and American Gothic. The what school- were those? The schoolhouse is a it's a scare zone, and it's basically a bunch of uh, kids who cut, in quotes, uh, class, and they are just 
bunch of oh, little. Was that the point of that? Yeah, one? they were all like just out running around. On out the running street. around, scaring people, and yeah, there was a school bus sitting there, and I like the theming of that totally went right over my head. Yeah, I would definitely. I mean, if you're going to go, I would go read through the uh, the website, the Halloween Horror Nights website, and they have descriptions for all these scare zones because some of these you walk through and you're like, okay, what is this about? What are they trying to tell me here? What about American Gothic? Is it like the painting? No. Like, uh, <laughs> That's all I can think of. No, it's Kevin. it's like you you go through um, you go through history with Lizzie Borden. You know she is she oh, killed yeah. her her yeah. dad and stepmom. Oh, American Gothic yeah. literature. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Lizzie uh, Borden took an axe, gave her mother forty wax. Yeah, there you go. Um, there's a some cool characters in there though. And when she was done, she gave her father forty one. Excellent job, Kevin. Yeah, in the Hollow, the ho- there's another haunted house called the Hollow. Um, well, the, the Lizzie Board, and that's a scare zone, not a haunted house. Um, th- then there's a haunted house called the Hollow, and, and that's basically the origin of Halloween. Um, you, so it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Hmm. One of my least favorite. What was your favorite? You said Scary Tales, right? Scary Tales. Then what? Then the, the Dead Exposure. That's, that's what I got. What about your least? <laughs> Believe it or not, it was the, um, the one with uh, Bloody Mary. Reflections, of, reflections fear. of fear. Yeah, it's kind of I was that was kind of a big letdown. I was really hoping to see her. Um, in this haunted house, is you're going through uh, her history as a psychiatrist, her stages you know. from from when she was you know helping people do this to the end where she was just completely um, a witch, <laughs> killing people. But I didn't see her. You saw her. I didn't see her. She was in the mirror. They had one mirror where she it kind of flickered and she was there. Other than that, her presence was not there the whole night. There was no. I figured we'd get in the park and there'd be like mirrors set up everywhere, and kind of. Yeah, she should have been everywhere. Theme. So if you're hoping to see her, you might not see her unless you go in this haunted house and really look around. Yeah. False advertising, I say. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great job, everybody. Um, appreciate your feedback on that. Kevin and I are going to talk a few minutes about our uh, recent three night trip on the Disney Magic. We. Uh, Disney Magic just came out of Dry Dock, and with their first cruise was going to be a seven-night cruise, but they decided to bring her out of Dry Dock early, and they scheduled a special three-night sailing. And we jumped on the opportunity to take that, see what new changes were on the ship, and also to meet some other goals, and I'll let Kevin talk about those later. I want to run, run down real quick what the rehab was about, for those of you who are looking to sail on the Magic and what you can expect. Um... First of all, most of the rehab was for the mechanics of the ship. There's a movie that's playing in the stateroom. They talk about taking the engines apart piece by piece and rebuilding them. They talk about taking the uh, anchor out. One of the things they did was they uh, applied a special coating to the bottom of the ship to make it more fuel efficient, help it glide through the water. So a lot of the rehab took place in areas that guests won't generally see but will impact guests in a different way. The, be- the big thing that people will notice right away is there's new TVs in each room. Each t- stateroom now has a flat screen TV, and their 17-inch LG TVs are really nice. And what they had to do was, you remember the little cubby mm-hmm. that the TV sat in? They actually cut the sides out of that little cubby Good. and built wood inlays in there so that the TV now is bigger than that cubby. That probably opens that desk up a lot, too, doesn't it? It actually doesn't, because yeah. it sits right in the same little cubby area. You've got the cabinets above it, you've got the cooler below it, and it just pops right, right in there, so you've got no extra space. Okay. In my opinion, it's something that's going to be very fragile. 
these TVs come out a great distance. They're on a movable arm, and they not only pivot from side to side, they pivot 360 degrees, so you can turn this TV in any direction. And I had it out one night, and we had some rough seas, and I had fallen asleep with the TV on and got up, used the restroom, and got a swell and smashed that puppy right back up against the wall. And I thought, that wasn't intentional. However, it also, I don't know if it's something they've considered, that this is... You're, you have the ability to move it out enough into the room that it could become – it's in danger of being damaged. Yeah, one, one kid hangs on it. It's Exactly. Off. First thing Kevin did is went in his folks' room and said, oh, look at the TV. And then all of a sudden the wire popped out of that. <laughs> and it wasn't like – you know, I wasn't curious, George. I wasn't swinging on the TV. I mean, it comes to my hips, first of all. <laughs> but I pulled it out to show them that they could move it, and all the wires popped off the back of it. So we had to rehook up the television. The other thing you'll notice is they've improved the TV signal in the room. They've improved the TV offerings in the room. Um, no longer loss of signal, no longer that. Remember how it used to get choppy and blocky? Yeah. You have an ABC affiliate out of New York on all the time. You have CNN and CNN headline news on all the time, no matter where you get in the ocean. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you used to go places and then fade out. They so, do something weird, though. Instead of being channel like 3 through 40... They are channel 21, but then it's sub-channels. You go 21, 1, 21, 2, 22. So it, it took a while to figure out, because the guide is on it first. You turn the TV on and you get the guide. But there's no way to punch into your thing that you want to go to 23-7. Yeah, you could. You do If you did all three numbers, <laughs> Kevin didn't figure it out in three days. <laughs> I don't know how to use a remote. If you did twenty two one, because I get to hold the remote so infrequently. <laughs> <laughs> if you typed in two one seven, twenty one point seven came up. The other thing too is there's a tremendous amount of movies being offered. There's like four of these blocks of each offering seven or eight different movies at different times. So no we had to see part of Speed Racer. Yeah, that's one of those things you see like four seconds. I can't believe four people went to see this movie. <laughs> so I think as far as that part of it goes. People in the rooms are going to notice the TV. Great improvement. They're going to notice the offerings. Really good improvement. Wi-Fi is now throughout the entire ship. You can get internet access actually in the staterooms. Unless, of course, you're in the stateroom that John and Kevin were in. <laughs> no. I could, see the, I could see the server. I could see the connection. I could get it to connect. My signal strength wasn't strong enough. We were all the way in the back of the ship. So I think that was strictly location. But I've never had good luck with internet. Maybe because I'm trying to download so many emails at once. But uh, well, it's nice that the wireless is throughout the ship now, so yeah. that you can at least sit with your laptop, have it plugged in, and do the things you need to do. Rather, John never has luck with it either. <laughs> it invariably involves throwing stuff yeah. <laughs> and me going to guest services. <laughs> One thing I always forget when I'm on the on the internet in the room, it's like I'll forget that I'm logged in and I'll leave to go get something, and my minutes are just ticking away. Oh no, like four million minutes. <laughs> well, you actually have to do this. I, I gave you the paper that explains how to get to the internet, and also there's a special um, you have to type in a, an actual IP address to log out. So it's not just like click something and log out oh, wow. or turn your connection off. You have to type in this IP address and then the word log out. So it's a little bit tricky. I'm sure there's going to be some issues with that with people. Uh, another big change is the kid pool, the Mickey head pool, now has a little splash zone for uh, little ones who are not potty trained yet. Same as on the Wonder. Very cute. Very serviceable. Um, Cove Cafe got the new furniture, which is very nice. Um, 
the two um, conference rooms downstairs have been changed to a kids area with you can park the kids can drive the ship and park the ship and all that good stuff so that's a great improvement so that this is all the stuff that you'll notice and and um you know there's some other subtle stuff going on some of the lighting downstairs in uh uh the club's area has been improved so it's not so dark and dingy and things like that however because they brought the ship out of dry dock early they decided to do a lot of the work during this cruise they were painting and scraping and varnishing. 7 a.m. one morning, they ripped the rugs out from in front of our stateroom oh and glued new ones down. So we were not very happy about that. We felt it was, you know, kind of like Disney was using this opportunity to finish the work but still get people on the ship and still get yeah. revenue out of the ship. So we were a little upset by that. Yeah. One day we were having lunch on Deck 9. We had gotten food from Goofy's Galley and Pluto's Doghouse. And we were sitting right there along the kiddie pool at one of those tables. And two cast members came out and literally, I'm not exaggerating, were painting the ceiling over our head while we ate. And then there's that railing in front of us. And this man came out in a jumpsuit and put on a gas mask. And started shellacking the railing right in front of us. The the guys in the fluorescent yellow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I said to him, my mom has emphysema. If it's bad enough for you to wear a gas mask, don't you think we should have been told before you started doing this? And it was just, it was constant. Every place you would go, they would come out with buckets of white paint and started painting the ship over your head. Now, I feel that I was misinformed. I was told that this ship was coming out of dry dock and was in good condition. I This was a construction cruise. At 7 a.m., the stairs, right, we were in the very, very back of the ship. If you had gone any further, you would be wet. And there was a staircase there. And at 7 a.m., they started ripping the rug out, a team of like six people, which isn't bad, until they started putting down the glue to put down the new rug. And again, this is a highly toxic substance. And we're trapped against the back of the stairs while they install this new, or the back of the ship while they install this new rug. And I think to myself, that's something that people should have known. That that's not. Did they tell you like every day? Like, hey, here, we're going to... No, there was no... So you just sort of woke up and smelled this, so like you didn't really have a choice to get out of your room? Right. You're wow. exactly right. That's right. exactly how it happened. Um, we, When you pulled up to the ship, I noticed it looked really great. Freshly painted from, as we drove up, and I said, wow, the ship looks really nice and really sparkly. The first time getting on the ship, it looked dirty and dingy. There was There was like a layer of dirt on everything on the upper deck. And it was literally like they said, we're just going to clean this as we go. They filled the pools for the first time. When we first got on the ship, the pools were empty. Whoa. Oh, man. So no one could swim when they first got on the ship. As the, sh- the, the crew started, they filled the pools. The pools filled up with this orangey Rusty color, brown water. Rusty brown water. Like the pipes had rusted. They changed out the family pool and the adult pool. However, until the second day, the kids' pool was open and the kids were swimming in rusty brown water. Oh, jeez. Uh, my folks had the handicapped accessible state room, which is exactly what it is. It's handicapped accessible state, uh, handicapped accessible room. Very well, I might add. However, when we got on the ship, now we got on the ship... Usually you have to wait for your stateroom to be done. Well, there had been no one in our staterooms for three weeks. I had This was my folks' first cruise. 
and I had been telling about the level of service and how well they were going to be treated. And we opened the toilet, and the toilet hadn't been cleaned. Now, this is an estate room that guests are seeing. The rug was duct-taped where the sliding glass door was oh out onto goodness. their balcony. When the stateroom attendant first came to the room to say hello, after we had already put our luggage in there, he goes, oh, I should probably mop your deck, huh? And the deck was all dirty and stained. And I thought, you know... That's not a Disney cruise. That's- had you told me that this was a construction cruise and you can have it for a third of the price, I would have made a decision based on that. I was under the impression that this was a spanking new ship i wasn't expecting to be shaken down yeah. see i've always seen the the guys in the fluorescent yellow jumpsuits cleaning throughout your cruise you know you always see guys up there right, right. but that room is always done and spotless right. by the time you get in there um it just there were things that were left you could see where some things had been done but you could see where others i mean finding a dirty toilet i find is unacceptable yeah Right. I just find it unacceptable. For what a cruise cost, yes. Now, John and I are veterans at this. So we had told my folks, again, this was their first cruise and took a great deal of courage for my mom to get on a ship. We had told them how what we thought was going to be good and what we thought was not going to be as enjoyable. And um, the ship was not full. That we, we were told in the parking lot that the ship was half full. It was half full. And one of the reasons why it was half full is because half of the rooms weren't done yet. So they were okay. still working on rooms while this ship went out. Um, I didn't hear a lot of people complaining on the ship. A few people every once in a while. But when we came back, there's a lot of talk on the boards from people who were on that cruise who said pretty much the exact same thing we did, was that this is just Disney should have said, here's the deal. We're going to be finishing up the work. You may be inconvenienced. Here's your choice to take it or not take it. We didn't get a travel agent rate. We didn't get anything special on this cruise. We paid full price for it. And wow. That's sad. To, to be inconvenienced that way. And y'all frequent other cruise lines often, so mm-hmm. that's you have a, a comparison. With, I do. Now, there's oh, more. There's more to go. I, I want to say that was really bad. However, the crew and the cast on this ship were incredible. Were just stellar, above and beyond everything. For what they could and couldn't control, they were just terrific all the way around. So, I mean, the level of service was great. Uh, their atten- attention to detail was great. Their attention to um, the needs of someone in a wheelchair and with special dietary restrictions and with certain things that we asked her to do, we asked them to do for her and for us, they were fantastic. One of the things we oh, did was we brought, we brought her recliner on this cruise. Um, she can't sleep in a regular bed. She sleeps, she sleeps in a craftmatic bed. Right. So one of the ways to make her more comfortable was to bring her recliner so she could sleep in that. And after the initial talking to people shoreside, you know, whose heads exploded, what do we do, what do we do, we finally got to the right person, and we got to the right right people shoreside at the dock, and that went so smooth I couldn't even ask for better. They were so great with the whole thing. So while the ship was a disappointment in how it looked and how they were rehabbing it, can't say enough good things about the cast. I would agree. I would agree wholeheartedly. Now, finally... (laughs) Well, we also had rough weather the first night. We had 20 to 25-foot seas, which no one can control. However, there were some funny things that came out of it. Um, Again, my folks had never been on a cruise before. So once we first started and we were still in the channel, the boat is now free-floating. It's no longer tied up. So we... 
got the questions, is this what it's going to feel like for the entire cruise? Is this what it's going to be like? Am I going to be able to, you know, I feel the boat moving. And we kept saying, yeah, you're going to feel the boat moving. You're on a free-floating vessel at this point. Well, then we left the channel and we realized we were in 20-foot seas with 45 to 50-mile-an-hour winds. People were getting sick on this ship. Yeah. Everybody was walking around with a bag. The big run was on those arm sickness or seasickness bands, which I believe the whole purpose of them is to make your wrist hurt so bad that you no longer realize <laughs> the that drama you feel that. We bought my mom a set of these, and they made little black and blue dents in her arm for the rest of the cruise. And she goes, I don't think I'm seasick, but my arms hurt. <laughs> so we went to see uh, Golden Mickey's that first night, and the Golden Mickey performers were kind of like hanging on to each other and the curtains and trying not to fall <laughs> to fall on stage so my mother in her infinite wisdom we realized she wasn't sick she said she felt very dizzy though her equilibrium was off and i can only imagine that while i feel it and john felt it it must feel worse when you're in a wheelchair because you're really kind of more of you is attached to the floor so she wasn't quite sure who to ask. And the man ahead of us in the gift shop was buying Dramamine. So I said to her, are you feeling sick? I'll buy you Dramamine. And she said to the woman behind the counter, now this is one of those people that work on the Disney ship from a different country who has been trained to sell Disney souvenirs. My mom wanted to know if there would be any kind of uh, drug reaction with Dramamine and the other drugs she was taking. (laughs) And this young blonde woman from someplace in Europe looked at my mother and thought, huh? I can tell you what Tom Triton's opens. <laughs> she's reading the back of the box like right. he's going to miraculously tell her, you know. And she's like, do you want a pin trade? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so while at the time it wasn't funny, the next day we made fun of her for that. Right. He said, do you realize you asked the, the sales girl for pharmaceutical <laughs> advice? The medical sales people. The medical people. The sales girl in Mickey's Mates. She wanted to know about drug interaction. It was unfortunate because we... we, we Spent a lot of time building up to the fact that when you're on the ship, you're going to feel it move back and forth, but it's a gentle rocking, and you know it's actually kind of pleasant at night. This boat was rocking and rolling and skipping and bumping. It was crazy. Now the next our next day, we were in Castor in Nassau, and again we've been to Nassau before, so we were expecting that it might be difficult. Nassau is not exactly handicapped accessible. There's curbs and bumps, and the roads are uneven and. We decided we were going to try and get to Atlantis. Well, come to find out, we were in uh, Nassau on a Thursday because of this weird sailing. So there was, like, most of Nassau wasn't open. The straw market wasn't open. There was no one in there. They weren't Really? They weren't expecting a boat. Oh. Because, the, you know, usually they do it on Yeah, their life Friday. revolves around the cruise industry. Right. So there was, we were the only ship in port, so we found a cab with no problem, and my mom made great friends with the gentleman driving the cab, and he wanted to know if she wanted to know where Anna Nicole Smith's house was, and she, the cab driver and my mother got along very well. We went to Atlantis, and she put money in a slot machine that she didn't know how to play in one. She walked away with $500 more than she started with, and we got back without a problem. So, again, another nice day. We uh, The food, and uh, by the way, the first night we ate in Lumiere's, the food was surprisingly, I've never been a big fan of Disney food, but the food was surprisingly good. We uh, We took some special care to tell them that she likes her food very hot. If you've been on the Disney cruise, you know it's kind of like wedding banquet service. Yeah, kind of pre-plated. Bad wedding banquet service. I get the look from Julie. 
because some weddings have good food. But this was, you know, it's pre-plated and it's under a heat lamp and they shove it out in front of you. So we mentioned that she likes her food very hot. Couldn't have been nicer. You know, everything came out just the way she wanted it. Everything was spot on. So The second night the story was the same. We had dinner at Animator's Palette. And while I would not consider the food great, it was serviceable food. And the, the staff went out of their way to make sure that anything she wanted was accommodated. So... Um, they saw the first night that she eats a little slower than the rest of us. I don't know if she eats slower. The rest of us are just, you know, like gophers when it comes to our food. Uh, but they served her food first long before we got ours. So it, they really, they were, they were coddling her and it was wonderful. Oh, that's nice. Uh, last day is Castaway Key. Castaway Key is beautiful. Um, this is an example of what Disney does right. Love Castaway. I mean, yeah. they have every time I go there, there's something a little bit different, a little more foliage, a little bit done up, a little bit nicer, and they really, you know, this is where Disney gets it right. Where do y'all usually hang out at Castaway? Y'all go to the adult beach? On the boat. Yeah. yeah. We get oh, off yeah. the ship, we walk around, we go back on the ship. Yeah. We don't really hang out on the Castaway Key, but it's a beautiful setting. Yeah. And again, she had the handicapped stateroom in the back of the boat with the giant balcony. So you could see the entire island from her balcony. Oh, that's nice. Uh, got off the ship. Looked around for a little bit, bought a couple souvenirs, went back on the ship, and then that night was Palo. Now we had built Palo up, where the rest of the restaurants we've explained that you know it's served like almost like a nice wedding reception. Everybody's food is cooked in the same kitchen, and there's a certain amount of selections, and they're served within minutes of each other. And we went through the whole explanation of how that was going to work and how that probably wouldn't be the best of the best but it was going to be okay and we she was thrilled with it so we had built palo up that palo was the opposite of that palo was a individual um attention it was a different atmosphere so um we recognize that the guy who's now in charge of palo was a, a server we've had many many times who's now been promoted up to the head of palo he, his name is marco i don't remember know if all of you have been on the magic but marco and salvatore were brothers they were kind of like the show at palo for a while the two brothers working together well marco has now become in charge of palo so the service was great and they were very nice and very accommodating we had our appetizers and everything was good and then we got to the point where the dinner was supposed to be served. Now, we had asked them to do a little bit something different for her, cook her vegetables a little bit more, make her chicken nuts uh, spicy, take the nuts out of something she was eating. And the chef said, not a problem. I can do all that. From the point at which we Before got... Before you go further, he literally said, I'll do anything you want. Right. I can do anything. And uh, this did is, this at the table? Yes. Uh, this the, is not a problem. This is chef easy. Chef to the table, right. So we get done with our appetizers, and it's the point now where they sort of have that middle course, and then you wait for your dinner. And we had waited about 45 minutes. They had brought us a palate cleanser. Right. And my mom's line was, if our dinner doesn't come soon, my palate's going to be dirty again. (laughs) (laughs) So we figured, normally I would complain and say, listen, where's our food? But I figured they're making her something special. So this is going to be worth the wait. So a good 45 minutes, and you know, Palo's two hours as it is. So now 45 minutes after you ordered? No, after. 45 minutes after our last appetizer. Oh. So we're talking about we're going on three hours total in this meal where we're sitting in Palo. And which, we've had soup, a pizza, a little, a shared pizza, and we had like a little pasta appetizer. So I mean, the first part of it went very well and was very good. 
So 45 minutes go by, and we're getting antsy, and we're saying, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? His mother noticed a lot of the dishes were being brought back to the kitchen, and she says, I don't think this is going to go well. So we waited and waited and waited, so finally our dinners came. It was the worst meal I've ever had in Palo in my oh, life. Oh, no. It was atrocious, beyond atrocious. My mother's meal that she, she had asked to be cooked specially and was the reason we were waiting had not been cooked specially. It was standard off the menu. None of the things that she had asked for had been done. The food was dead cold. My dad ordered the there's their filet, which they're kind of famous for, yeah. with the gorgonzola cream sauce. My dad got a hockey puck. He had ordered his medium well. Now, I said to him, you ordered that. It's going to be a little drier. He said he likes it like that. This was, he gave us each a piece. It was dry and tough and cold and inedible. Yeah, there should be slight pink in there. I ordered I, I ordered nothing special. I ordered off the menu. They had a broiled monkfish with creamy polenta. Have you all had polenta? Mm-hmm. Creamy polenta? Describe creamy polenta to me. It's creamy. Do you know what a biscuit, biscuit biscuit looks like? Mm-hmm. I had four biscuit biscuits on my plate, and I thought these are creamy polenta. These are like dry little baking powder biscuits. So I said to the waiter, "Is this polenta?" Well, sometimes polenta can be dry. I said, "Well, n- not when you describe it as creamy." <laughs> and I had three little medallions of monkfish that were cold and greasy and slimy laying on top of these I, I, I was I was shocked and appalled at the food that I was served. It doesn't sound very appetizing. It, it not only wasn't appetizing, it wasn't what I what was suggested that I was ordering. It took forty five minutes to an hour to get and John got what did you get? Scallops that were cold and little erasers and and it's one of those things where you know Palo, you know how good it's going to be. Yeah. What a tremendous disappointment! Now go back a couple of days. We met Robin, Robin D from the boards. Yeah, we sailed with Robin. Robin is one of our podcast listeners. She's the lady who spent um, so much time in Europe working for the UN. So we had some time. We sat with her and chatted, and we talked to her. And she said, "Oh, I had dinner in Palo last night. This was the second night of the cruise." And we said, "How'd you like it?" She goes. I don't know if it was really my taste or it was my taste, but, you know, I didn't really see what everybody else saw in it. And I thought, that's kind of weird because everybody raves about Palo. Everybody says it's the best it's meal It's hard I've to get had. in. You need to make your reservations early. Well, that was the other thing. When we sat where we sat where you could see the reception area, there's always an empty table or two in Palo just so they can control the pacing. Every p- table in Palo was filled. And there were people, we watched one family sit for 35 minutes waiting for a table, one couple. And the whole waiting area backed up. I don't know if they, know they suggested that they got new ovens and new heat lamps during this, but I don't know that heat lamps turned creamy polenta into biscuit biscuits. I think we had a problem with the cooking staff that night. It was just awful. Um, hopefully, whoever's on the cruise now will give us some feedback and let us know if Palo's gotten any better. There's actually a couple of threads on the Disney Cruise Line board that Palo has slipped. It Did sounds they like they were in the weeds that night, but if it's something that continuous, then... Then they should control it. And yeah, they should yeah. say, you know what, we can't have any more people this night tonight, and if you walk up, you can't be seated. If you're going to charge extra for it, you have to make it worth the extra right. charge. Yeah. The food in the dining room. Now, this is a really... 
I want you to understand exactly what a big deal this is to me. The food in the Disney dining room was better than the food at Palo. Wow. I agree. Um, And we made ourselves known. We told the waiter. We told Marco. We told everybody who would listen that we were disappointed. And they were all very apologetic and wanted to know what else they could do for us and what else they could get for us and how they could make it right. But at that point, you know, you spent three hours in a dining room. It was just like, let me get out of here and get some chicken fingers. So we get something to eat. So we started. Our reservation was for six o'clock, and by the time we actually left Palo, it was nine fifteen. So we had not only not eaten, we had missed the last show. So, so overall, a little bit disappointed. This cruise. Let's uh, hope they get it better. I mean, they they usually when when they get overwhelmed with uh with feedback and they you know people start really complaining they. They usually start cleaning things up and getting things right again. Disney Cruise Line is really good about listening to feedback and making improvements. And The problem I have is if you knew this going in, I was I booked this with the impression that the ship had just come out of dry dock and was sparkly. I agree with John. Had you told me up front, this yeah. is going to be a construction cruise, you'll see work crews every single day, we're going to be finishing up the last-minute touches. Yeah. I might have still gone at half price. We paid full price. They didn't meet your expectations. They did not. Absolutely yeah. they not. They did not. The staff, the staff blew our expectations away. They always do. Right. I mean, you cannot, you can never really tell that they work so hard and like, like so crazy, crazy hours. And but when they, they're dealing with their guests, it's like we had this very con- relaxed. We had this conversation with his mother for about seventeen hours about tipping. She was just, she couldn't get the whole idea of how you tip on the cruise. And she was, she kept saying, all they get is $5. All this guy gets from, from me and from him is $5 because it was like the head waiter had done yeah, yeah. so much for her. And she couldn't get her head around it. We said, you can give it whatever you want. But they do. That's what normally people give them as the standard tips. So we wanted to let people know about our cruise and our experience. And uh, hopefully, there were parts of it that were very enjoyable. Hopefully, people. Who are sailing after us had a better experience than that. And that'll... Wait, before you go, I can tell you that we thought by the time we got off the ship, between the rough weather and the bad food at Palo, and all of the things that she was unsure of, we were pretty sure my mother would never go on another cruise. And I talked to her yesterday, yesterday morning, and I asked her what she was doing, and her little wristbands, her painful little wristbands, that stopped the seasickness, she said, I put them back in the box so I know where they are for my next cruise. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Good. So, Did you have something you want to say, Kelly? I was just going to say, would you then warn people not to go on a cruise after dry dock? Because we, my daughter and I, were going to go on that cruise. And our thinking was, you know, it's going to be a bright, new, sparkling ship. We're going to check out what all is new. And I can guarantee you that if I had been on that cruise, I would not have been a happy camper. And I know from the, the cruise line board on the Diz, a lot of other people went with that expectation. And had the same experience we did. I would say you'd have to, you'd have to look at our experience separate from a normal dry dock. I think the fact that they came out early and they put this special sailing in should have raised the flag. May raise a flag in the future, but I don't think that this, I don't think this Saturday's cruise would be impacted at all. Okay. I think they're going to. Have a I'm going cruise. to let them know of my disappointment. I think they have a right to know. They need right. to know that they right. that they, in my opinion, I'm a huge proponent of Disney Cruise Line. You know how much we love it. Yeah. In my opinion, this was not successful. This was not a successful sailing. Their saving grace was their cast. 
And if you had sailed for the first time, you wouldn't have the knowledge that right. the two of you had. We were in we were in the theater behind a family who said, "This is our first Disney cruise, and it will be our last." That's wow. sad. They were that disappointed with everything that was going on. And Disney kind of owes us a, a debt of gratitude because we did some guest recovery, telling them that maybe they should give it another shot. This was not what you should expect. They said they were, the kids were swimming and they were painting the pool over the heads of the ears. They were literally standing on the ears of the pool painting while there were kids in the pool. You know, some of those people save for years to go on a Disney cruise. And, you know, maybe not for this particular one. But, I mean, people put a lot of money into a cruise. And then to get an experience like that, you're like, that doesn't look good for Disney. I agree. I agree. Excellent. And that'll do it for this week's show. Uh I want to thank everybody for listening, and hopefully you'll tune in tomorrow for our email show. And Pete says hi to everybody. Does he say stay out of the lakes? Well, you know, oh, we can say that. by the way, <laughs> one of the people who have posted on our boards has said that she not only has taken pictures of kids swimming in the lakes, she took pictures of one little boy reaching down and cupping the pit water and bringing it up to his mouth. Oh, that's beautiful. Stop drinking out of the lakes. Yeah. All right. Again, that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And tune in tomorrow for our email edition of the Diz Unplugged.